Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to our RPG one-shot set in the world of good society, Ostentatious. This episode was a special feature for International Podcast Month. You can find episodes from a variety of podcasts, blog posts, and more at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Please use the hashtag IPM2019 to comment on this and any other special IPM features this September. Good Society is a collaborative role-playing game that seeks to capture the heart and the countenance of Jane Austen's work. It's a game of balls, estates, slag lances, and turns about the garden, at least on the surface. But underneath, it is a game of social ambition, family obligation, and breathtaking, heart-stopping longing. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single person in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a partner. How will our characters find love and happiness in the genteel world? of good society why by pursuing true love thwarted by parental opposition navigating unlikely meetings with long-lost relatives and facing the financial pressures of living a life of leisure this is bethany i use she her pronouns i'm from the D raw podcast and you can follow us on twitter at rules is written hi i'm re uh, pronouns are she and her uh, i am the gm and producer of the magpies podcast uh, you can find the magpies on twitter uh, at magpies underscore pod and you can find me personally on twitter at at Rhiannon42. I will be playing Lizette Blackwood. Uh, she's a socialite of humble origins, and her goal, her great desire, is to come into substantial wealth while maintaining an impeccable reputation. Hi, I'm Stephanie. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm one of the co-hosts for More Please. You can find us on Twitter at More Please Pod. I will be playing Caroline Hawkins, a young, sadly poor girl who is living off of the benefits of her wealthy great-uncle. And hopefully, This season, she'll find at least one shooter who will take her. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the friendly guide at the Stories of a Broken Sun podcast. My pronouns are he, him. You can find our show on Twitter at BrokenSunRPG or me at YCaliber. I am the Dowager Baron Vincent Card of Bannerburn. My goal in this life is to protect my relation Carolyn from all ill and to ensure that she marries someone of my choosing. Please enjoy these promos for each of the podcasts represented here. The world of Ostia has changed since a party of adventurers saved Orenthal from the sinister Whispered Ones. The future seems bright as people revel in a world rebuilding from the cataclysm. Magic is common and new technology solves old problems. Yet clerics and paladins find their magic weakened. And there is a chilling rumor that a powerful deity has died, or at very least, vanished. Join D&D Raw as our two diverse parties of adventurers explore the world of Ostia for our new actual play campaign. Find us at dndraw.com. Welcome to Duskwall. Join the Magpies, a crew of scoundrels and vigilantes, as they try to survive and thrive in a haunted industrial fantasy city. This Blades in the Dark actual play podcast posts new episodes every other Tuesday. Join us at magpiespodcast.net. Hi, I'm Kirsten. And I'm Stephanie. And we host a weekly podcast called More Please, a sisterly romp of interesting delights. Do you like millennials? Do you like one-sided feuds? Well, then this very well may be the show for you. Find us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts by searching More Please, spelled M-O-H-R. And you can also check us out on our website, morepleasepodcast.com, for more information. 
See you next time for more, please. More, please. Even when the sun broke, we still worshipped it as our God. Even when it died, we trusted its ministers to guide us. When we learned we walked the top buried lies and beneath a hidden oppressor, we finally had enough. Now it is the time to storm the sun and take back what was stolen. Stories of a Broken Sun is an actual play anthology where diverse voices play to find out what happens in every corner of an original world. And now, on to the show. We're going to go ahead and get into the novel chapter phase. So the first thing we have to do is decide what kind of event are we having for this particular seat. This will be the first time that uh, we'll get to have your characters interact and start pursuing their goals. I know we want to build up to something suitably dramatic and have the end all be all ball or party, but maybe it could be something a little lower key. I have a, a, a mental image of like a, you know, an afternoon tea in the garden at the Baron's place. Uh, you know, a little a little more chill, uh, not the, the high stakes of a, a ball, but, uh, you know, everybody is still paying attention. Okay, perhaps uh, would Caroline know that there is some bad blood, at least from Lizette's side, I mean, trying to mend fences and invite her over for tea? The, the, the bad blood is purely on Lizette's side. Yeah, I, I don't think the Baron is concerned about this in the least. He's happy to indulge uh, Carolyn's social life in the hopes that perhaps it will drive her towards being more desirous of, of accepting the suitors of his... Perhaps we have two different goals for this event. It's going to be a delightful afternoon tea party for Caroline to mend fences from her perspective with Lizette and the Baron, for the Baron to not care about Lizette at all, and for the Baron to provide some eligible uh, bachelors of the right standing. Yeah, I think this is perhaps a more intimate affair because Carolyn, uh, I assume you mentioned to uh, the dowager that you you wish to have a friend over for tea? My very best friend. So uh, I guess who else would be invited to this particular event then? If, if the Baron is, is making choices about who should be included in this, in, from the connections we have, who would be, you know, on the guest list and who, well, we don't have to address who's not because they're irrelevant. <laughs> I think uh, Daniel Kinclaith, right? The, the aspiring uh, professor and protege of the Dowager would, would be a, a suitable person to have attend. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of curious about what would happen if Isabel were there, but I don't know that the Baron knows Isabel well enough to invite her. Yeah, Isabel is a, also like Lizette, a charming socialite, but is extremely conniving. So perhaps she wrangled an invitation. Uh, it was not on the original list. It does say she's well connected. So perhaps, you know, she just dropped a word here or there and you're not exactly sure how she got herself invited, but she was and she's coming. Now she's here. And there would be, you know, diverse other guests who would be around. Other suitable people. <laughs> yeah, but a vicar or something. <laughs> yeah, we have Daniel Clincaith, who's the aspiring professor who is as charming as he is ambitious, and uh, Isabel Townsend, the well-connected, friendly, you know, fashionable socialite uh, who has a bit of a history with Lizette, which yes. might come up, and uh, would uh, Grant be on the list? I don't think he was invited, but <laughs> I think he's oh. there. Perhaps he shows up. Yes. <laughs> Just an assumption of an invitation. The Dowager's gardens are heavily manicured. There's nothing natural about them, um, but they have a shocking array of very colorful flowers uh, you know, in, in a rainbow of uh, hues. They're all very beautifully arranged to form. If you are looking at them from the window atop the manor, uh, which is the Baron's room, you can look out across the window and you can see that the uh, flowers are arranged in such a way as to make scenes, pictures. So they're like floral tapestries that are only uh, in season for, you know, the short time while those flowers are blooming. And there are pathways that you can walk
walk through. There's at least two gazebos. <laughs> at least. There could be a third, but maybe the dowager forgets because, you Perhaps, know, we don't yeah. really use the lesser gazebo. We get the, we get the third gazebo out for larger events. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> and then just, uh, you know, nice chairs uh, arranged around tables that are um, artfully scattered about the lawn. It looks like they're scattered, but they're actually placed in all of the best locations for viewing of the flowers and the garden in general. And, you know, the the, the uh, servants are out in force well, and uh, circulating around. They have matching livery, of course, with uh, the Bannockburn crest on their on their, on their their chest. And they're circulating with uh, a variety of upscale hors d'oeuvres and uh, drinks as well. Caroline, I really don't if this is going to work. I, he's just been so... I know he's your family and I shouldn't speak ill, but <sighs> the Baron is just such a... <sighs> he has such a way about him where he just cares so little for anyone else. I Truly, I, I do sympathize with you having to deal with him day in and day out. And I'm so... I'm so upset every day. I am so beleaguered by this, this ill will that you have between the two of you. Honestly, the Dowager Baron has taken such good care of me and of my family and I really think that spend some time with him you'll get to know him and and he'll start to understand you a little bit better I think this all just stems from a misunderstanding and he really is quite caring when you get to know him Caroline and I, I think Lizette like I, I, I was imagining that they're kind of like walking arm mm-hmm. in arm across the gardens and I think yeah, yeah L- Lizette stops very dramatically and turns to face Caroline if he insults my gown again I cannot abide such a further insult to myself and my character. Well, I I think that's highly unlikely. You look so lovely today in that new gown. Who could say anything against it? Thank you, Caroline. And you are looking lovely as well. Oh. Thank you. I will be playing Isabel Townsend. I think we can mention is a social climber. That's really the only way to say it. The reason that she and Lizette don't get along is they are entirely too similar. Uh, and actually, I was going to use one of my resolve tokens as a facilitator to say, yes, uh, Lizette and Isabel are wearing the exact same gown. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Perfect. And I, I think Lizette's a little worried. It might look better on Isabel. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, for sure. Dowager, I'm just so grateful to have been invited to this party. It means so much to me to have been acknowledged, you know, in just such a lovely home you have. Oh, thank you very much, my dear. Uh, he looks uh, at a loss for words and glances to uh, to uh, a, a woman standing next to him in the livery, and she whispers something to him. He's like, Ah, y- yes, yes, uh, Miss Miss Townsend. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, we've met several times before. Um, perhaps we have not spoken a great length, but uh, I'm so glad to know that you recognize me. We've, we've been to so many events together. How could I forget? I deeply apologize. I hope that the injury is not too severe. Oh, no, no, I, I never take offense. I'm just so happy to be here and to get to know you and, and the others. And oh, I see there's a very, very attractive young gentleman over there. Uh, do you know anything about him? She's looking over at uh, at Daniel. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Daniel, Mr. Kinclaith. Wonderful young man. I've been taking him under my wing, but he's got wings of his own that are carrying him up into the social stratosphere. So, uh, I, I mean, you said he sounds like very ambitious. Uh, does he perhaps own great land? Or, or have some, you know, income. <laughs> and she's giving you, like, these shiny anime eyes. The Baron's facial expression shifts a fraction from uh, his everyday frown to his uh, actual frown. <laughs> <laughs> it involves more brow, yes, I assume. <laughs> it draws down ever so slightly more. Here's a man of ambition and great skill. I am sure that his prospects with my assistants will be great. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to doubt. It's, 
sounds like with you as a, as a mentor, uh, surely he is going to, you know, do great things and have great success. I was curious about his family or, um, you know, any sort of uh, connections to the peerage or anything like that. But, but you know, knowing he's connected to you is certainly enough. Um, I, I look forward to chatting with him and she'll look over and see uh, Lizette and Caroline. Oh, it's uh, Caroline and Lizette. And what a beautiful dress Lizette is wearing. Wow. It's almost, I'm sure you've noticed, uh, I was wearing this perhaps, uh, I think maybe a week or so ago, and I wonder if she wanted to have one made just like it. <laughs> Very popular style from the last season. I think I think oh. that 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 is said just as like Lizette hears the I guess she had it made like mine and it's a popular style from last season just as they get within earshot and I think Lizette just like shoots a look at Carolyn like and I think Carolyn immediately like shuffles her off to like the tea sandwiches <laughs> it's like oh no yeah, it's like we're instead of introducing you let's go over here but the Baron is it was like the mid of middle of his statement but you wear it well I must say oh uh, th- thank you uh, I you know. I'm trying to stay on trend. Uh, not everyone puts the time in to really invest in, in their fashion, but uh, I really appreciate your, your compliments. Thank you. You're such a such a kind, caring person. And shooting dagger at Lizette, having seen them approach and then suddenly divert from this conversation. I think the uh, the Baron's attention is, is uh, off of Isabel at this point as soon as he sees uh, Carolyn enter the scene with uh, with her friend. Uh, sort of a nod quite. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how the that's how the dowager ends every scene. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Lizette and Carolyn have diverted off, and like Carolyn is kind of soothing <laughs> Lizette's ruffled feathers. It's like okay, let's take another run at this introduction after Isabel heads off. Yeah, no, is Isabel eventually realizes that the the dowager has basically ended the social yeah. interaction, <laughs> and and she decides to go chat up uh, Daniel. I mean, it's no harm in getting to know him. Uh, I think the Baron would go over to greet his uh, his niece. Yeah, I, I sort of, I like the idea that he comes over while, while Lizette is still has her hackles up. So it's like, Carolyn's trying so hard. My dearest Caroline, Baron says, approaching. Uh, he's got in his hand a flute of some fancy drink. And uh, his suit is, of course, perfectly tailored. It's a burgundy number. Oh. well-fluffed cravat. <laughs> My dear Caroline, so wonderful to see you this afternoon. Oh, Uncle, this is such a lovely party. You've such beautiful arrangements made. Have you met my dear friend Lizette? The Baron looks at Lizette for a long moment. I don't believe we've met. There's a, there's a servant rapidly approaching, trying yeah. to, to like <laughs> do the, the quick briefing, but is there too far late. too late. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> oh, well, um, I do believe we actually have crossed paths uh, a few times, Baron, but uh, apparently I did not remain in your memory. Um, Lizette Blackwood. My apologies. Well, you know, my dear uncle, he's, he's very busy and he meets lots of people. I'm sure he didn't mean any offense, Lizette. And, and you yourself, you're, you're always going to the nicest parties. I'm sure you guys crossed paths plenty of times. I am sure we have. As Caroline is so quick to point out, do have a great deal of duties in the town. Must uh, needs remain on a first-name basis with many, many people. If I have uh, lost your acquaintance in this time, please be assured that it is my failing and nothing of yours. 
she she still looks a little like put off by that, but you know there there was something approaching an apology. I think Caroline thinks this is a rousing success. She's like, I've done it. I appreciate your uh, kind words, Baron, and it is good to properly make your acquaintance. Caroline speak very highly of you. It's very kind of her. She is a lovely young woman. Great prospects ahead. Oh, thank you, Uncle. Lizette can kind of uh, like go step off to the side. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, and then she's gonna like step off to to get tea, and Daniel will approach. Ha! Ah, lovely party as always, Baron. Uh, I I believe I have seen uh, you around, uh, my lady, but uh, I, I don't think I've had the pleasure of making your acquaintance. Daniel Kincaid, and I think uh, if, if you offer a hand, he is going to take your hand and kiss it. <laughs> I think Caroline does and was not expecting that and blushes prettily <laughs> and then looks over at her <laughs> uncle while this is all happening. <laughs> The Baron uh, gives a slight nod, and one corner of his mouth quirks upwards about three degrees. Uh, Caroline curtsies slightly. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mr. Kinclave. Are you, uh, new in town, or have you been here long? Uh, I, I'm back in town, uh, in London for a time. I am, uh, attempting to gain a professorship at, uh, the university, and, uh, have, of course, though, uh, now that, uh, the academic year is over, I have come back to spend some time with my, my dear friend, uh, Baron Card, and it's, you know, just getting settled back into the town and uh, meeting as many people as I can, although I must say a uh, few have been as uh, delightful as me making your acquaintance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, amongst the other, you know, unnamed participants, there are quite a few young women who are giving lots of flirtatious fan waves in, in Daniel's direction, and he might be giving maybe a look of recognition, perhaps, like he has made their acquaintance as well. Do you think Isabel is looking quite angry elsewhere in the party? <laughs> Isabel, yeah, she's doing the dagger eyes, I think it is but sort of looks like she's plotting yeah i would imagine that several of these young ladies it's it's like an even split between kind of eyeing up daniel and just shooting daggers at caroline like you might hear some whispers you know kind of as people are walking (laughs) by behind you caroline um just perhaps reminders of of your current social standing but you can choose to ignore them (laughs) the uh the baron claps daniel on the on the shoulder and says oh young daniel is being far too modest about his accomplishments his new ideas that he's bringing back to the field of academia from away are really shaking things up in a way that I think is well worthwhile. He's one to keep your eye on. Oh, well, that is very interesting. Um, say, Mr. Kincaid, would you would you join me in a turn around the garden? I'm, I'm sure you can tell me more about your fascinating work with the university. I would be happy to, Miss Hawkins, and we'll offer his arm. Perfect time for, for Grant to walk in on the scene as the dowager has been left standing alone and available for a conversation. Suddenly there is a hush to one side and a well-dressed, very stern-looking man walks out onto the lawn and directly approaches the Baron. Oh, hello, uh, Baron. Count Blackwell, I was not aware you were invited, but I'm delighted all the same. Well, who needs an invitation among indeed, good indeed. friends? What brings you here today? I heard that you were busy. Well, you know, I had some business to attend to in town, managed to keep an eye on the estate and, and check in with the various contacts I have in the area. Thought I would drop by and I see you. I am thrilled that you made such a decision. I hear that you've taken on a, a 
student of sorts, a, uh, a mentee. Yes, I have taken on a protege, young Daniel Kinclaith. You can see him there walking with my niece Caroline. Although the Baron looks down ashamed. Well, no one would be able to tell that he looked ashamed, except for someone like Grant, who mm-hmm. knows him well. It says, I sent her a dress. Not sure what type of impression she'll make wearing that. <laughs> oh, no! Well, there's there's only so much that you can do with the young ones these days. They are frivolous. A little more frivolity might serve her well, at least in terms of fashion. I'll say at this point, uh, Isabel is going to see that this is an opportunity to get some attention and and walk up to this this very awkward social encounter um, and say, oh, uh, sorry, uh, Count Blackwell, uh, I believe, you know, uh, last season uh, we spoke briefly um, by the bowl of punch. I don't know if you remember me. How do you do, young lady? Oh, I'm doing extremely well. I'm just so glad that you also are invited to such a lovely social gathering. Uh, a man of, of your stature. Um, slightly bats eyelashes <laughs> at the guy. He's got land. Similar to the Baron, the frown deepens. Baron says, I am sure you are familiar with young Miss Townsend. I have met her before, yes. I think Lizette is just standing in the background, like, sipping her tea, watching this unfold, like, oh my god. Like... <laughs> That is the the demeanor of her, like just watching Isabel just like dive off a social cliff. She's like, oh yes. Uh, Isabel's be like, ah oh, yes, um, I, I, you know, I'm friends with uh, with with uh, Caroline uh, a bit, but but also Lizette and I know each other extremely well. Perhaps you you've met her. Give side eye at Lizette. <laughs> Um, I, I don't believe I've had the oh, pleasure. You probably wouldn't no. have. She's a bit of a social climber. I just feel like Grant and the Baron just exchange a look. Their eyes meet briefly. The Baron takes a sip of his drink. So I, I don't know if you heard, but I've heard she, her family has, you know, had some misfortune in the past. Not that that's, you know, should be said against anyone. Looks over at Caroline. <laughs> Indeed, I, I believe that uh, that anyone, uh, you know, who is willing to work hard and, and make a life better for them themselves should, should have that opportunity. Thankfully, you know, those of our class are safe from such things, but it's good for, for the lower classes to have Absolutely. I always think it's good to serve as an example to others. I try to do so in, in my day-to-day life, you know, with, with how I, I dress and present myself at social gathering. Um, she kind of looks down at her dress, looks over at Lizette wearing the matching dress, looks over at Caroline wearing <laughs> not the dress that was sent to her. I was going to say, but I, I was so excited, uh, you know, Baron, to, to meet uh, your protege. He's such a charming man. I, I really am excited to see where, where he ends up. Um, he seems to be just very driven, let like yourself. Yes, quite. Oh, vicar, excuse me. Uh, the vicar, excuse me. I really just want Lizette to just sort of walk by Isabel and be like, very well done, yeah. And then just keep walking off to her own conversation. <laughs> so she's going to try to, to get, get some dirt. Uh, perhaps she doesn't get everything, but she now knows a bit about why there might be some tension. He's going to hold on to that. So we'll say that there's a bit of a, an awkward dynamic between Granta and Isabel, but then Lizette comes with her tea. <laughs> We're going to switch over to Daniel talking to Caroline. That is why the modern portrayals of Hamlet are just completely out of line with the interpretation of text. Oh my, that is wonderful. I'm, I'm very embarrassed to say that I'm not a very strong reader, but hearing you talk about these things so passionately, it's, it's inspiring. They, they do say that uh, theater is best understood when it's seen and heard and, and not read. Well, perhaps if uh, we are fortunate enough to have uh, a performance come through town this summer, uh, we you should attend and uh, visit one of the, the performances. Really quite excellent. Oh, I would I would love to attend a, a, a 
a play with you, sir. I think that would be delightful. And I'm sure that my, my very generous uncle, the Baron, would, would also be happy to help facilitate such a such a frivolity. He's very fond of giving the, the young people something to occupy our time with. Sure that uh, we could both speak to him about that. And he, he, Daniel looks a little like, he didn't say, I'll take you. And she knows that. <laughs> he said, you should go. <laughs> but he's kind of boxed into it now. Yep. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm sure we could both speak to him uh, about it and uh, would be quite lovely, I'm, I'm sure. And I think they like reach sort of the, the end of the, the walk in the garden. I think like takes his arm back. It's like, uh, I certainly hope that we will see more of each other in the, the coming weeks. Oh, undoubtedly. And she just kind of curtsies little. I think he makes it like 10 feet before he just gets pounced on by someone. <laughs> We're going to move into the rumor and scandal phase. The, one of the rumors that has been spread and is widely believed is that Lizette comes from the wrong sort of family, and that Daniel is coming into money soon. There's a couple other rumors that have been spoken about, but aren't necessarily believed by everyone, and one is that uh, Grot has returned to settle some old debts. So we're now going to enter the epistolary phase, where each of the connections and characters can write letters to each other. I want Lizette to write a letter to Isabel, kind of trying to, like, keep instigating, like, Isabel bombed (laughs) at this last event, and she wants to, I think, write some kind of letter that's, like, getting, kind of encouraging her to continue in that direction, um, I think perhaps saying, "Oh, it was so delightful seeing you at the party." Yeah, sort of a, ca- yeah. a catty letter. Yeah, it was very catty. Saying. I think I want her to like. I, I think the letter uh, nudges her further towards the count of like, you know, I, I hear that he was very impressed with you, and like basically okay. trying to just sort of like, "Oh yeah, no, you definitely won him over. Keep doing that." <laughs> uh, okay, like, and you know, j- just kind of that sort of thing. It's like, I, I so look forward to seeing you and, and Count Blackwell. I'll say, if you want uh, the letter to be received by I- Isabel in, or in such a way that she actually kind of believes it, I'll ask you to spend a resolve token. Oh, yeah, done. Yeah, Just <laughs> no to say problem. that she gets it and she sort of, of course, she is your friend, in, in quotes, yeah. uh, but it would have some doubts about your motives, but she also thinks that perhaps you're you're trying to help her out. I, I, think, I think it's not setting up against Caroline. I think it's trying to set up of like, oh, the Baron. He's so, so judgmental and so rude. And there was, you know, the, it, there seemed to be such, you know, an, an odd feeling between uh, him and the Count. And, you know, I, I could tell that you know, the Baron is so judgmental. You know, he said, you know, some, some unkind things about me and... Uh, which I think that's not a secret. I think the Baron is so judgmental. He's, you know, said he, he, he's been, you know, cold towards me as well. And but, you know, the Count, the Count really, I think, very taken with you. And and I think that you should, uh, you know, definitely continue to, to speak with him and, and try to, I think that, that that friendship would be of great benefit to you both, yada, yada, yada. Lizette's still going to set up the Baron as a mutual enemy, at least for the purposes of, of instigating yes. Isabel. Perfect. <laughs> Isabel is going to receive your letter. Look at it with some mistrust at first, but eventually she will come to see your way of uh, doing things, at least on this score. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we're, it's it's that thing where, like, you, you know, you're in competition, but you're also around each other so much that, like, you do sort of end up with this sort of weird, like, affection for each other. You are also kind of on an us versus them side a little bit, because you're both kind of, you know, young upstart socialites who don't have, you know, a rich family with a great, you know, lineage looking back. 
so it's sort of the antithesis of the, you know, the Dowager. Stephanie, have you given any thought to letters? Yeah. So I think what I want to do is I, I think what I'd like is that Caroline receives a letter maybe from her mother about her uncle. Ah, um, so I okay. think it's a little bit something about like, you know, I hope everything is well with you visiting your uncle in the country. You know, we're all very proud of you. Um, your uncle James has been at it again. He's been, you know, losing money in his boxing matches. And I just don't know what to do with him anymore. I haven't heard from him in a few days. And, and I, I just hope that, I hope that, you know, he, he finds his way back to God and let, you know, he, <laughs> he, he repents his evil ways. And just kind of a, a letter from home, uh, kind of reinforcing that, she, you know, Caroline's making the best out of a bad situation and that her uncle is still, you know, as nefarious as ever. Uncle James is just a wrecking ball who's, who's got to come I think especially that I haven't heard from him in a few days, because then I think that sets up nicely for, oh, he's decided to come visit. Is it also set up that he might be looking for, for money or something like that? How would uh, Caroline respond to this? Um, I think, I don't think Caroline makes any like strong connections about any of that. I think she's just, it, to her, it feels very much like another, the same old, same old from home. She sends like her regards back to her brothers and sisters and kind of regales them with the stories of high society and the parties that she goes to and the pretty dress that her uncle bought for her and how, well, she was too afraid to wear it in case it got stained, but now she's afraid that she may have worn the wrong dress. <laughs> because she heard some murmuring from other people, uh, you know, as the party progressed. I assume, though, Caroline does not tell the Dowager. No, I don't, because I, I don't think it's anything actionable in her mind. I think she's just like, this is the same. They'll probably find him passed out in an alleyway somewhere. He'll be fine. Again. Again. <laughs> Poor Caroline. She's really just trying to hold yeah. it together. Yeah, I think that's a good one. So, uh, Matt, any thought about, thoughts about letters? Uh, I think the Dowager is writing a number of letters after this party. Um, I can briefly go over one the Dowager is writing to uh, an individual that he knows who's good at uh, dealing with the parts of society that someone such as the Dowager should not be seen sorting with. <laughs> the undesirables. Yes. <laughs> the lower classes. The bad okay. society. Well, <laughs> Dowager is making it clear without writing specifically that he is uh, instructing this person to start digging into the background of this young woman who's become friends with his niece. Um, and he's uh, also, I think, concerned about Carolyn's family um, impacting her uh, prospects. So he's uh, writing the, the, in the letter as well that uh, you sh they should be on the lookout for uh, any... What's, what is it I want to say? On the lookout for any terribly poor financial decisions that people in Carolyn's family might be making and to try and uh, perhaps engineer ways away from those so that the damage is not worsened in the coming months while the uh, Dowager is setting up what he is hoping to set up. Okay, so we'll say this, uh, I guess this fixer <laughs> character that, that the Dowager knows uh, sends back a report that the, if you want to spend a resolve token, you get information that, that uh, her uncle James Hawkins, who I assume the Dowager has perhaps met on a couple regrettable occasions, <laughs> yes, for sure. um, is in need of, of money and is preparing to arrive in town within the next couple of days to, to ask Caroline for, for a handout. Yeah, so the Baron will probably attempt to do something about that phase when that is appropriate. Two days later, at Shakespeare Under the Stars, lots of money is raised for the new roof for the vicarage. Lizette meets the newly rich Jasper and takes him under her wing, despite his social awkwardness. Mortimer, the horticulturist, not a gardener, and Lizette's brother, 
outs her identity, revealing that she has been masquerading as someone else, and yet Jasper seems like concerned about this. In a very awkward turn of events, Caroline and Daniel both find out that the other is poor, but all this has turned on its head when the Baron reveals his intention to soon choose an heir. In the midst of all of this upheaval, Caroline's Uncle James Hawkins appears in disarray, but his appeals to Caroline and his family fail. He demands cash in exchange for his silence. He knows of her previous broken engagement to the mysterious Edward. Lizette risks her ascendancy over Jasper to go and rescue Caroline from social ruin at her uncle's hands, but she soon regrets her actions when Caroline and Jasper hit it off and decide to host a masquerade ball at his new estate. And now, on to the masquerade. We've established this is going to be at Jasper's country estate. It's not as grand as the Barons by any means, I think, but it's relatively nice, probably more newly built, maybe not one of like the ancient family homes, but it's nice. Like it doesn't show that he has impeccable taste or anything. Just it's, it checks the boxes yeah. for a country estate. Like he was like, I think this is what I was supposed to buy. Yeah. So I, I bought it. I'm envisioning it as like one of those McMansions that you see sprouting up everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. New money. Yeah. I think we determined that Caroline would be attending, but is not co-hosting. Yes. Yes. But Stephanie, do you want to like describe maybe what the the party is like or or sort of like what the preparations were for it? Yeah. So I think for the most part, it's been mostly preparing Jasper, I think, because the staff that he's hired are local. They're professionals. They know how this stuff goes. But having someone help him choose things like decor and the food arrangement and the flower arrangements and things kind of leads him along how these things are done. So that would be the, the Baron's recommended uh, people. Yeah. And so, of course, it looks very, very good because it's essentially done by the Baron. <laughs> I think that there's kind of like a parlor area where there's like food and people can sit down. And then there's the dancing area where there's lots of flowers and a live band and everything. Um, and then there's just general milling space. To encourage conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we determined that every, everyone who's anyone yeah. is, is on this list. Because yeah. I assume the, the Baron provided feedback on the guest list. Uh, would that be correct? <laughs> oh, for sure. Indirectly, of course, through through his. Oh, oh yes, through the proper channels, of course. Yeah, I would assume Uncle James James Hawkins is not on the guest list, but he no. is planning to meet up with Caroline at the event. Yes, at least she is aware that he will be uh, arriving. No one else is. Okay, no one else is. He's not on the list. Gotcha. And did we uh, confirm that Caroline has pretty much hawked everything in order to get the the fifty pounds? Was she successful? I think that she has the 50 pounds, but she's really, really worried that the Baron is going to notice the stuff that's missing. I'll say this is pretty difficult. So I think you're going to have to use a resolve token or one of your tags to, to make this happen. Because that's a lot of money to put together in a short amount of time without catching the Baron's notice. I'm going to use a resolve token if that happened. She scrounges together the 50 pounds. Basically just like, what can I sell every piece of jewelry I've ever been given? We'll say because you, you tried to do it surreptitiously, the Baron does not notice the missing item. Items, at least not yet, being too busy um, being a puppet master for the party. <laughs> the Baron's focus is elsewhere at the moment. Yes, less on your your items of clothing and more on, well, who are, who are you going to end up with and who's going to be the heir? Okay, so I think we'll go ahead and skip to the night of the, the masquerade ball. I assume everyone is dressed to the nines. Oh, yes. With what sort of mask 
masks are you all wearing? That's the tough question, yeah. right? What, what would the Baron be wearing for, for a mask? So it's a bear mask. It's done up in the visage of a snarling bear. Oh. And uh, he's wearing a long coat almost with brocade. It's in gold brocade and red and silver and other, other nice looking colors. And it's got like a, a pattern of bears on either side, like on each chest panel. And um, the scroll work is the same flowers that are in his garden back at the manor. It's a very elaborate getup, but he's pulling it off. I mean, he's a good looking guy, so it works. Yeah, he's normally fabulous. So yeah. this is just a little extra, more so than the usual party because it's a masked ball. Yeah, usually not so much brocade. <laughs> <laughs> so what would Lizette be wearing for this event? I like the, the bird theme. I think it might be like a hawk of some kind. So there's like uh, a lot of like red and kind of like gold browns and that sort of color palette. And then, yeah, I think the mask is a little more subtle, but it does have the hawk banding on it. And like, I think there's like a couple like red feathers coming back. Sort of like wings. Yeah. So it's it's not as ostentatious. <laughs> but it still says, I'm an attractive woman who's on the hunt. Yeah, it's it's not subtle in a different way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to appreciate ostentatious. Oh, oh. Mortimer would love it. <laughs> it's not a flower-based pun, but still a good pun. Oh, wait, that's what we should call the episode. That's all. I was trying to figure out what we're calling this. We'll just call it Ostentatious. <laughs> all right, so what, what would Caroline be wearing? Keeping in mind, she's a little light on funds at the moment. She is. Although, again, I feel like this is one of those things where the Baron would like her to shine. And so I think maybe the Baron has assigned her an ensemble. I'll just say, I think you're gonna have to negotiate for that. But I think what you could use is perhaps the Baron has a negative tag for Vane. I think you could negotiate that to invoke the Baron's negative tag to, to not have his uh, niece be seen, you know, not looking put together, especially when his costume's so fabulous. Would you uh, accept a negotiation for your, for your Vane tag to give a, a, a fancy outfit to your, your niece? Yeah, sure, let's do that. Okay, so that means you lose the tag, it's been spent. What does this collaboration look like? between Caroline and the Baron. I think the Baron tries to figure out Daniel's favorite animal. <laughs> okay, not subtle. <laughs> but that's a question, I guess, for Reeve. We know he likes Shakespeare. What kind of animal would he like? I think it's going to be cats. Oh. Perfect. <laughs> It'll be a similarly, I guess, ostentatious outfit mm -hmm. for Caroline that has, you know, a, a cat mask. You know, the mask will cover most of the face and then have the ears and, uh, you know, a, a nice dress that matches in the color. Nothing too overstated. Not as elaborate as the Baron's, obviously. But he hasn't told either of them. But I think he wants Daniel's and Caroline's to have matching colors or patterns on them. So it looks like we came together. I see. I'll say you do have the giving tag. You could spend that to give Daniel a costume like it just shows up at his house like picked out by the Baron look what I just for the ball whether Daniel chooses to wear that or not I, I don't absolutely yeah. right 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 I think that given that he thinks he has a shot at being the heir he'll do whatever yeah. the Baron wants <laughs> Uh, so does that sound good? You could use your, your giving tag, or you could use a resolve token if you want to uh, give him a costume to wear and tell me what it is. So the Baron thought that this was very clever and it is going to backfire. <gasps> oh. <laughs> so the Baron has made Daniel's costume a bird because obviously the bird is the prey of the cat. Yes. Oh. Cat to catch the bird. Unfortunately, this means that Daniel's costume thematically matches with Lizette's. 
I almost want to say that it is like, well, no, it wouldn't be a hawk because cats don't eat hawks. It's the other way around. It's a canary. <laughs> canary. Yeah, it, would, it would have to be like a, yeah, like a songbird of some kind. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Uh, you put a goldfinch. It's a goldfinch. A goldfinch. Gold gold there you go. It's a beautiful gold. That would be suitably ostentatious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So I realized, uh, Stephanie, you didn't get to fully describe. So the costume as, as worn by Caroline, does she wear it exactly as, as the, the Baron intended? I think she has sold everything that she has no other options. She wears what he gives her. <laughs> <laughs> She's just dressed as a cat person. Yep. Like, She's like, this is fine. Everything's fine. I have the 50 pounds in my pocket. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's coming up roses so far. All right. So far, we know Isabel is dressed as a fabulous peacock. Daniel is, is dressed as a goldfinch. <laughs> we have Caroline as a, what color of cat? Like a black cat? Or what are you picturing? Um, I think something stripey. Like a some tabby? Like texture of some color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. That'll create a nice kind of like unintentional parallels with our two costumes because the hawks have some like stripey bandedness on them too. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. And the Baron is just the most fabulous, like, extra bear ever. <laughs> so with that, we're going to move to the party. Unfortunately, no one, I think, really told Jasper what to wear. Um... <laughs> There was the so, one thing, the one thing that got missed. <laughs> it got missed. The whole party is planned. Nobody tended to his wardrobe. Um, so it's literally like just a nice outfit and like a mask he made himself. Uh, oh. He didn't realize you were supposed to like order a costume. So it has sort of this homespun look to it. I mean, his clothes are nice, but it's literally like almost the same thing he was wearing at the play. But just with like other... a domino mask. But just, yeah, just <laughs> just like strapped across oh, his eyes. Buddy. Um, but but it's okay. He doesn't seem to realize. Um, okay. He's just in awe of everyone's costumes. He's at the door and you see him, you know, greeting people and, and shaking their hands uh, as, as you all are coming in. Um, there's, there's a bit of a line because he's trying to chat up every person, but he's doing it very awkwardly because um, he hasn't really met everyone before. So we'll say eventually that there's a bit of a line. Everyone's arriving by carriage at, at the front of the estate. Would Caroline and Lizette be arriving together or? I assume Caroline would arrive with the Baron. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, does Lizette have a carriage available to her or does she have to ride with Isabel? She has to ride with Isabel <laughs> since we determined that they live together. Yep. It's just nightmarish. <laughs> and you're sitting across from Isabel dressed as a peacock with these like long gloves yeah. that go like all the way up past her elbows and bright green. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of look that I think Isabel's sitting there like, no, peacock would have been a bad choice. Yeah, I, I like, made the like, right I'm, call. I the right choice. Hawk is way cooler than a peacock. Yeah. This is just too much. People are gonna think she looks tacky yeah <laughs> like and isabel meanwhile was like oh i really love this bird thing you're doing it's so cute yeah <laughs> brown really is your color <laughs> it really brings out the brown of your eyes <laughs> and, she, oh. and she's like wearing this like really over yeah. the top mask so i think we'll we'll cut to uh jasper greeting people so we'll say that isabel and uh and lizette are arriving by carriage to, to meet up with with jasper yeah i think there's a, probably a little bit of jockeying for position in the line where like they both keep very subtly shifting to stand in front of the other yeah it's sort of like doing that thing where you like pivot around mm -hmm. the other person while you're talking to them while you're waiting yeah but I'll say eventually you see behind you that Daniel has arrived and uh, Isabel sort of detaches herself to go talk to him. All right. So Lizette gets first crack at, at, at poor Jasper. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so like, uh, hello, welcome. Oh, I love your costume. Uh, oh, dear. Um, I am I not 
dressed. I see there seems to be yeah. a, a bit of a, a theme with uh, the costumes, and you're looking at like everybody is in these over the top. You are the host. You have graciously opened your home to the rest of us. You are free to dress exactly as you like, and you look wonderful. Uh, just very handsome, and everyone will know. At this party, you want to be the one person that everyone knows who you are. Oh, I'm sorry for. I'm sorry to think. I'm not sure I fully understood the purpose of the masks, whether it was to hide or reveal identities. I think I was trying to hide mine. Part of me, maybe perhaps wanted people to not notice me, but then I realized I uh, am the host and I greet everyone. It's been um, very interesting receiving so many people. And you see him like looking past you to like the growing line of yeah. people and he looks slightly alarmed. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I'm so glad you're here and, and your your letter was, was so kind. Um, I, I wasn't sure how to respond to it. I'm not used to receiving, you know, letters from, from people I've just met. <laughs> No, of course. I, I was most excited to be able to come to your estate and to, to see you again. And I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You have a number of guests to welcome, but uh, I do hope that I can uh, see you later and uh, perhaps even a dance if it would suit you. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid I, I have two left feet, but I, I would be so honored. Oh, my goodness. I, I saw you were with, um, I believe, uh, Isabel, who um, is your friend, but uh, is your friend Caroline? I, I, I believe she said she was coming. I thought she might be with you and you seem kind of looking around. I'm not sure. I, I imagine that uh, the Baron would hardly be one to miss such an event. Um, uh, I assume Caroline will possibly uh, also be in attendance. Um, seemed like you two were getting on well at the, uh, the play the other night. Uh, yes, yeah, she really provided some reassurance to me about this, and uh, unfortunately we weren't able to co-host. I understand she's been very busy. I, I mean, uh, you're her friend. Do you happen to know what she's busy with? I heard it was the Baron's estate, but I, I worried that was some sort of pretense. And he just sort of, like, looks down at the ground. <laughs> oh, um, I'm not sure precisely what she was doing. Um, I do know she's been uh, spending a lot of time with Mr. Kinclaith, uh, who's a, a good friend of the Barons. Um, they seem to have been oh. uh, getting very well acquainted. Um, I assume that that's probably what she was up to. Oh, so it sounds like there's some sort of attachment there? Oh, I'm... I want to spread gossip. <laughs> I, I'm sure that if there is anything t for them to announce, then they will do that in, in their own time. Of course. Oh, that was... I appreciate you filling me in. Sometimes I don't pick up on things and I just don't want to misread the situation or, or make any uh, uh, assumptions or make anyone uh, uncomfortable, though I do tend to do that sometimes. No, I, I'm, I completely understand. And you being that thoughtful about it means that you can't possibly make that many people uncomfortable. But once you're done greeting all of your guests, um, I will come find you and I can help you. You know, as I, you know, as we were at the play, I can fill you in on some of the other details of the town. It's I, I've only been here a few years myself. And when you first arrive and everyone knows each other, it can be so difficult to understand all the relationships and the social standing, and I would be more than happy to help. Okay, uh, th thank you. That That's too kind. I guess I should receive these other people. And the line has only grown, by the way. Like <laughs> I think Lizette is going to look at the line, look kind of in towards the ballroom, and just make a decision and be like, you know, if you'd like, I can you know, stay here and sort of uh, you know tell you about people as they're approaching, if that would help. <laughs> oh, that would provide so much reassurance. I just, I feel 
feel like I'm just not providing, you know, the comfort most hosts would. Not like the Baron, I'm sure, who could make people really feel at ease. I just don't have that skill yet, but help would be appreciated. Absolutely, I'd, I'd be more than happy to. And she just, like, takes up a stand- poster. She doesn't take his arm, but she's standing, like, just by- like, just behind his shoulder, so she can- basically what the Baron's servant was doing, of just kind of, like, yeah, feeding him information of, like, oh, ask about, you know, their their horse stables, or, you know, just kind of, like, the little things that she knows that people are interested in. Um, yeah, she's just- she's just parked herself right there and is making herself very helpful helpful and indispensable to this man with so much money. Okay, so we're gonna, I guess, flip over to uh, the Baron. Is the Baron arriving with Daniel and Caroline together? Would Daniel be with you? Or I think he was arriving separately so he could talk to uh, Isabel, but perhaps you would meet up with him when you do arrive. Um, Yeah, I think the Baron can arrive with Caroline. Um, Probably Daniel's not coming with them because it wouldn't look- Too much. Yeah, it would look (laughs) a little too much. And he wants, he, the Baron wants the surprise to be maintained. Of of the the costuming, because this is unknown. Uh, So perhaps uh, Caroline and and the Baron would have have a bit of a conversation in the carriage on the ride over. Yeah, so in the carriage? Mm -hmm. Very comfortable carriage. Ah, young Caroline, tonight is going to be ever so important to your future prospects. Oh, oh, do you you think so? Well, I hope so. I hope to make you proud, and I'm so grateful for this beautiful dress that you've had made for me. I think that you look stunning as well. I think it's going to be a very good night. Lots of fun. Thank you. Yes, I would... Were I in your shoes, ensure that you are keeping a close eye on the party to see if you can find an appropriate quarry to which to turn your attentions. You may find that in the right type of company, time will really fly. Well, I certainly hope to. Um, I, I hear that everyone who's anyone is going to be there this evening. I know um, it's very kind of Mr. Alexander to host us. I hope that we get to spend some time with him this evening. He's very gracious to have us. Mr. Alexander is uh, wealthy, to be sure, but I would make sure that your attentions are not all spent in one place. Mr. Alexander's fortunes are not necessarily indicative of an ability to lead or govern. Oh, yes. That does that excellent advice, Uncle. I'll, I will certainly take that to heart. Do you think um, Mr. Kinglaith will be there as well this evening? I should hope so. He certainly received an invitation, and I am given to understand that he put a great deal of thought into his costume for the evening. Alright, as the facilitator, things are going too well. I'm going to spend one of my tokens. Things have been going relatively okay for Grant and the Baron. Mm. Uh, um, which is true, right? So I'm going to say, uh, Baron, as you're, you know, sitting there, you notice that there's something in your pocket, uh, perhaps a, a, a letter that has been slipped in at some point that obviously has, you know, your full title written on it in, in Grodd's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so the Baron notices this in his pocket as he's taking, as he's putting his pocket watch away. He's checking the time to make sure that they're late enough. And he takes out the envelope and does a bit of a, uh, more of a frown at the bits of dirt that are on it, brushes them off. Uh, and, you know, uh, this is where a practical man would just break open the seal. But uh, this is the Baron. So he gets out um, a letter opener in the shape of a bear's paw uh, and uses that to slash through the, the seal there and open it up to see what's in the letter. Excuse me, my dear. So uh, I'm going to say that I think the letter from uh, from Grant is 
speaking to his concerns about how the Baron is toying with people's lives, manipulating his niece, you know, toying with potentially offering to make this random protege an heir. It is really a a condemnation of everything uh, that that the Baron has has been doing. And he is threatening to reveal all of this (gasps) at the masquerade. But he said, it's the first, uh, if you would like to speak it over with him, you can find him and speak privately. If you can assuage his concerns that you are on a dangerous path. Okay. Uh, I think the Baron, mindful of the fact that he is still in the carriage with Caroline, um, long after he's done reading the letter, he's still looking at it um, as if there were still words there to read. And he closes his eyes and he takes a breath and folds it back up. And he's like, you know, smoothing out the lines several times on each one to make sure that each that the letter is perfectly folded once again. He tucks it back into the envelope and puts that back into his pocket and laces his fingers together and uh, turns to look out the window. Yes, quite. And we know that ends the scene in the carriage. (laughs) I assume the carriage has circled a bit just to make sure you do arrive suitably late. Um, Perhaps by that time, the line is mostly gone. Uh, Jasper having gotten some assistance from Lizette in processing, (laughs) you know, all of these many, many guests. So... I think that with that, we'll have uh, Caroline and the Baron arrive fashionably late uh, in order to be properly announced. Um, I assume there is a, there is someone, you know, one of the coachmen who's with the carriage who arrives and explains how the Baron should be received, presumably, uh, and how to be announced and all of that. And at this point, most of the people are in that, uh, that conversation area I think we talked about, just sort of mingling. Um, you know, the party hasn't started in, in full swing yet, but everyone is wearing their masks. And overall, most of the, the costumes are pretty fabulous. Like, everyone's glad they put their time in and dressed to the nines, because you wouldn't want to look like, well... Jasper. Jasper. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. (laughs) So, I think we'll pick up with uh, the the Baron and Caroline have arrived. The Baron has been announced with his full title, uh, the Dowager Baron Vincent Card of Benrock Burn. Uh, And... Barrett, as you're you're entering the room, you do catch, uh, you know, Count Grant's eye, uh, and you see him giving you sort of a, a questioning look. I incline my head slightly towards him. I like it subtle. So perhaps you may speak later. <laughs> yes. All right. So what what's the next conversation you guys think needs to happen? Everyone's here. Uh, no one's talked to Daniel yet, besides Isabel, and you don't know what they talked about, but you can guess. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the Baron, as he is, as he's entered and he is surveying all of the guests there, and he sees how many people are dressed as birds. There's <laughs> 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 a slight twitch to his eye. He's like, mm. <laughs> he turns to Carolyn, puts a hand on her arm, and says, "Perhaps this evening you will be able to find your match with whom to have a conversation or even a dance. Someone who will have true colors similar to your own." And I think Carolyn has no idea what he's talking about. He's being too opaque. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I, I hope so. <laughs> Baron's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we'll say uh, at this point, uh, Daniel manages to detach himself from Isabel. Yeah. Um, it, it's taken some doing. She's really been pumping him for information on his prospects. But, but he does see... Uh, Caroline, who's looking a bit uncomfortable, I think, with with having just gotten a weird directive from the Dowager. (laughs) Well, so I think, I'm not sure, like, because Daniel has, 
I think, soured on Caroline a little bit because he's, of the whole, like, concerned. well, because first there was the whole, like, oh, you don't actually have money. And then Isabel was like, you will not believe what I just heard uh, and uh, with yeah. her uncle. So I don't know that he would actually, like, immediately come over to her. I think he's still just kind of working the room. Like, I think he notices when they come in and, like, gives the Baron a nod. But I don't think he comes over to her. So would Caroline go over to him? She's kind of got her back against a wall right now. Who? What, what's what's her move? I think she first goes to Jasper. Lizette has stepped away to, to get some refreshments and is going to turn back around and be like, again! <laughs> and Caroline is just, like, sidled in in her cat costume. Yeah, she's like, every time! <laughs> she's getting her claws into him. <laughs> All right. So uh, I will say, though, I think it would be a little challenging to get him away from Lizette because she's been pretty focused. So I think you might have to use one of, one of your tags or, or a token to make that happen where you can get him entirely away from her to have a private conversation. So uh, you could use your friendly tag. Yeah, I think friendly makes the most sense. Okay. So you just you walk up to set him at his ease. Yeah. I see that he's been left alone for a few moments and he looks very uncomfortable. Mr. Alexander, so good to see you. Yeah, he's adjusting his mask because somehow, like, he managed to, like, throw it off when he was fussing with it. So, like, one eye hole's not quite lined up right at the <laughs> moment, but he's sort of trying to set it straight. And, like, oh, yes, uh, oh, Caroline, uh, I mean, Miss Hawkins, um, yes, uh, so wonderful to see you. I was so hoping you would be here soon, um, but... Uh, yes, uh, I, I suppose you came with um, uh, Mr. Kinklaith. Um, you see him like looking to like spot where where Daniel is. Oh uh, no, I I arrived with my uncle the Baron. Um, I I don't believe that I've seen Mr. Kinklaith here. I just I wanted to come by and say hello and thank you again for hosting us. This is a beautiful party you've put together. Oh, I can't take much credit. I know the Baron really provided a lot of help. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. In fact, the only part I did myself, well, you could see the result. He just looks like defeated <laughs> in his sad homemade mask and, and lack of costume. I think Caroline laughs and just kind of, you know, puts her hand on his arm and says, Oh, I think you look just delightful. So charming. And he's going to say, well, I, I only asked about uh, Mr. Kinclay because I, I heard there was some sort of um, attachment you were forming. Uh, your, your friend uh, Lizette told me when I asked. So, um, which was very kind of her. I didn't mean to give you any attentions that were not desired. And I'm so sorry. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's when Lizette comes back with a, with drinks for both of them. Oh, Caroline, you made it. So wonderful to see you. Uh, here you are, Jasper. Hands over a, a glass. It's like, oh, Lizette, so good to see you as well. A really charming costume. Thank you. Oh, this is really charming. Oh, and uh, yeah, I mean, no one could miss your uncle making an entrance. Well, he does love to do that. Yeah, the Baron really did. He really does just have that all put together. I mean, oh, what an inspiration. Lizette, I, we haven't been able to see each other very much of late. It's, it seems as though we have some catching up to do. I, uh, I understand that you, you're, you've made the acquaintance of Mr. Alexander here and you've you come quite close. Oh, Lizette, it's been so helpful especially this evening, giving me a lot of insight into, uh, you know, all of the relationships. It's very complicated. I'm, I'm learning and I'm just not naturally very good in social situations. So she's been a great comfort. You're, you're doing wonderfully. And, uh, oh, you know, we're just helping Mr. Alexander get settled into town. It can be such a challenge being the new one. Um, yes, and it, it's so hard when, you know, you're, you're on your own and it's nice to have someone helping you out. She also does the, like, comforting shoulder pad. <laughs> <laughs> From the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he's just between the two of them, and it's just like, which one of us can be nicer? Yeah, I'll say at this point, he's starting to pick up on that there's something awkward going yeah. on here, and maybe it's not him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think it's a great time for an interruption. So what is the Baron doing then? The Baron is uh, sort of stuck in a conversation with the vicar about progress on the renovations to the roof of the bridge. <laughs> of course. But he's, he's looked over and he's seen what is happening. But it's across the room at this point. He's just <laughs> desperately trying to catch Carolyn's eye or something. I'm going to say Jasper's going to spend a resolve token um, because he wants out right now. It's suddenly gotten very uncomfortable and he's going to understand that the Baron is catching his eye. Uh, <laughs> and wants to talk to him. Yep. Perfect. So as he, he's got, you know, they're on either side with hands on people like, oh, I'm so sorry. I see the uh, the Baron has uh, is, is trying to catch my attention. Uh, excuse me, ladies. I, I spent a wonderful time chatting. I'm sure we'll speak further, uh, but I, I must go uh, be a, a good host to, to the Baron. Uh, so I, I will speak with you later. And he just bails. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like there's just a moment of silence where they're sort of looking at each other. So how have you been? Well, in the handful of days since we last saw each other at your uncle play I have been perfectly well good good is something else going on is it and she like kind of glances around to make sure nobody goes so something to do with your uncle is it oh no no uh he hasn't he hasn't been any bother since that evening I don't suspect he will be going forward I understand um that you're under the impression that Mr. King Clave and I are are involved and uh and since we are such good friends I wanted to dissuade you of any thoughts to that regard I I know that you hold Mr. King Clave in high regard and 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 just know that I would never impinge upon uh, your feelings toward him. Oh, I, Mr. Kinlaith, uh, <laughs> no, I don't actually believe I've has, I know I couldn't have because I play both of them. It's like, I don't believe I've actually yeah. spoken to the man. Um, I'm not sure what grounds there would be for any sort of feelings, um, but you two seem to be spending an awful lot of time together. And I, if I spoke out of turn and made an incorrect assumption, I, I sincerely apologize. Oh, no, it's fine. We, we do spend quite a bit of time together. He He's the protege of my, my uncle, the Baron, of course, so he's he's around quite a bit. I can understand why, why some would misread the situation, but... but I'll say, I think it's time for Isabel. She's, she's like, hasn't been doing anything for a while, so she is going to pop in, and I'm going to have her spend a resolve token to have overheard the last bit of that conversation and kind of have a read that you guys are not on the same page uh, <laughs> about who you are pursuing. So Isabel comes up and her peacock costume. She sort of gives a head flip and, and the long feathers <laughs> just sort of graze your, your forehead or your eyebrow. Oh, hello, ladies. I'm sorry. Uh, I've been so busy making the rounds. We haven't gotten to speak. It seems you were in a bit of a conversation. I hope it's not a problem that I've stepped in. Oh, of course not, Isabel. We're always so happy to have you. Oh, you're too kind. Caroline, so good to see you. Love the costume. Uh, Miss Townsend, of course, you, you're always the most eye-catching lady at the party. Well, what can I say? It's fun to be the center of attention, but I hope it doesn't seem like I'm trying too hard. <laughs> Wouldn't want that. But were you speaking about our, our host, I, I, I was wondering? Or, or perhaps Mr. Kinglaith? I, I know I've seen some intense gazes from across the room. 
Well, uh, Mr. Kikleith, actually, and it seems like the two of you have been uh, deep in conversation, noticed, uh, when we first arrived. Yes, we, we've spoken a good bit. He's just, he has a very analytical mind and likes to, you know, fully understand what's going on around him. And, I, you know, I love to provide people with, you know, background information about what's going on. I was just filling him in. He just had so many questions. I know he's looking to, you know, kind of decide what's next for him in life and, you know, perhaps look for a suitable partner. And I just thought he should know everything he could about, you know, the people around him and who might be a good match. That's so thoughtful of you, isn't yes, it? thoughtful. Well, I don't know if you heard, but I, I believe, he, yes, he's supposed to be coming into some money soon. Not that, you know, we should judge people entirely for the, the contents of their, you know, purse, but... I'm sure that's something neither of you would look askance at. Indeed, Miss Townsend. I'm just curious, uh, who are you interested in right now, Lizette? I, we haven't really had a conversation recently. That's awfully forward of you, Isabel. It's just us girls right now. <laughs> you can tell me. We live together. <laughs> We're friends. Well, I would hardly want you to be sharing things that uh, aren't, re- aren't ready to be shared. That's all right. I suppose if, you know, you, you don't feel you can trust me with your confidence, I, I, I understand. It, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, put my trust in someone who, you know, might spread words about me, uh, especially when there's so much to be shared. Yes, Isabel, there is so much that one could say about you. Oh, I wasn't really thinking so much of myself, but I heard something about you, Caroline, but I didn't believe it for a second. I mean, people say the funniest things. Yes, especially when people are jealous of one's familial relations. Or overly ambitious, even. Uh, ambition, what a what a harsh word to throw around. I Honestly, I don't think it's a word people have used to describe me. Oh, I believe there is uh, Robert Anderson. Um, I spoke to him the other day and he had some very interesting news in from the city. Uh, Caroline, why don't we uh, come and go speak with him about that? She's going to take Caroline's arm and be like, let's go! <laughs> is it time for, for Grant and, uh, and the Dowager to have a showdown privately? Um, yeah, I think we can maybe look in on uh, what Jasper and uh, the Baron are talking about and Grant can join that scene, perhaps. So so Jasper's like, it was, uh, I saw... You probably could tell I was in some uh, oh, uh, social extremity, so thank you for catching my eye. It was kind of you to, to rescue me. Uh, not that they aren't both lovely ladies, but uh, I'm not used to having so much attention on myself. Well, it's only polite for young ladies who have come to a celebration of this type to greet and have words with the host. It's something you will have to become used to as a member of the uh, social good society here in Bannockburn. Oh, dear, did I did I misread? I Perhaps I... Oh, I've been so rude. Oh, I should go back and apologize. Now, now, hold on, hold on. I understand that this is a difficult time for you, but I think perhaps you may be taking all attentions from young ladies as being the same type of attention. Does that seem to be the case? Perhaps I, perhaps I did. I, my goodness, I suppose I'm a bit full of myself. (laughs) I I assumed they wanted to pay attention because of who I, oh, I don't know. No, never mind. My apologies, Barrett. I'm so sorry. Jasper, Uh, Jasper, he says, putting a hand on Jasper. I think you will need to learn how to differentiate between mere flattery and true interests. Now, as an outside observer, one with an objective point of view, I can perhaps provide you with a bit of perspective on the interaction that you had with Carolyn and Lizette there by the entranceway. That would be so appreciated. I just seem to misread cues all the time. Uh, Please, if you could just tell me. (laughs) 
I wouldn't be so crass, but I would believe that the young lady who took the time to come and assist you at the beginning of the party, the young lady who used her own social skills and intelligence in the game to assist you in your fledgling development here, might be the one who has the true interest in who you are. The one who is interested in seeing you take wing, as it were. <laughs> I will say he's getting ready to ask a question when, when Grot cuts in. <laughs> so I think the, the Count walks up and he bows to each gentleman. He says, Baron Card, Mr. Alexander, thank you for having me. Oh, uh, yes, uh, Count, Count Blackwell, uh, so so glad you could come. Um, I, I, I'm just so honored to have you as a guest. What is the Count wearing? I actually kind of feel like he's a little old, like old-fashioned and like a little bit more buttoned up. I think he goes with just a plain black mask. No discerning like features. He's just keeping it very plain. So we'll just say he's just wearing like a simple like maybe like a black silk mask, just very, very refined and elegant. Um, so Gasper was still like, oh, oh sorry, uh, Baron, I was going to ask you a further question, but I'm sure you want to, to speak uh, together. Um, so I guess I should go tend to my other guests. Um, thank you so much for your, your wise counsel. You are truly kind. My pleasure, Jasper. We shall speak more later. Jasper scuttles away. It's Count Blackwell, you are looking well. And you, Baron, do you have a moment to discuss our letter? I think um, at this moment the band begins to play, and uh, the Baron holds out his hand, shall we? Of course. Some of those really elaborate Regency era dances, I think, for sure. Oh, with lots of steps and like swapping places and, and hands touching. Uh, you know, it's very elegant and intricate. <laughs> what is it that you wish to discuss? I see you've been meddling yet again. It seems even now this young Mr. Alexander has become one of your targets of interference. And I must say, Vincent, it's it's quite unbecoming. Vincent almost missteps in the dance, almost, and that hesitation is uh, is clear to uh, is clear to Grant. Jasper is no target of mine, says. You know I have little patience for men such as he, but he has interfered with the natural order of things. You mean your order of things? I think the the bear mask glints under the light as their hands touch and they do that that turnaround thing as they're turning. It is only natural that I be the one to determine what happens with my estate, is it not? It is, but you play a dangerous game, Vincent. There have been rumors, and you know how these things can catch on. To which rumors are you referring, Count? There are some troubling rumors that perhaps your estate may not go with the family as it ought, that it may go to an outsider, one not of the peerage. And I must admit, I find that very troubling. I'm not surprised. And may do a dosey do kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have no intention of dispensing with blood. My goal is merely to ensure that as naturally as possible, blood melds with ambition and merit. Well, I I hope that I hope that you know what you're doing and I think that you're making a misstep. I think that we must always maintain a certain amount of distance between us and those of a lower stature. Sure, they may improve themselves with learning and and employment, but let us not forget that they are not of the same tier, and we must maintain that superiority of character among the peerage. Their heads come closer together as part of a dance move, and quietly he says, Grant, you know from whence I came. Is it not true that even the lowest 
can bring something new and vital to the peerage. Vincent, you know I've never held that against you, but this is different. You attained your status through marriage, which is the proper way to improve oneself. I should only hope that you will see the wisdom in my recommendation, but it is your estate. You will do what you see fit. I think they bow to each other and the dance ends. And I think as they part... Uh, you see Daniel has been leaning like against the wall within earshot, having heard basically everything from the, uh, he's heard the key piece that he heard was, I have no intention of taking this out of the family. Yeah. We see that Daniel has been listening in while Daniel was dancing with Mortimer, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Mortimer. Mortimer also with his hat, like undercover (laughs) thinking he's super incognito. Mortimer's mask is definitely like a daisy. (laughs) Oh, it's just literally like woven out of flowers. Like he, he made it himself. Uh, Is Daniel going to do something with this information right now? Or is he going to sit on it for a little bit? Um, I think he's going to confront the Baron. Mm -hmm. Honestly, where, where do we think this confrontation happens? Perhaps outside on the terrace, you know, while other people are inside dancing. So you can have a somewhat private conversation. Uh, I, I am imagining like the Baron goes out there after this dance to think his thoughts. Yeah, and I think Daniel like strides out after him. Uh, and it is gonna just be very blunt. I think he just strides up and is like, Baron, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Your mentorship and sponsorship have been of a great help, but I must know what your goal for all of this is. I believed I understood where it was heading, but now I'm not so sure. Um, the Baron is facing out uh, into the into the evening uh, and is not looking towards Daniel. And he stands that way for some time. Uh, moments pass. And when he speaks, his voice is uh, perhaps more hoarse than Daniel is used to hearing. He says, Daniel, <clears throat> I can appreciate your concerns. And he uh, turns, and as he turns, he's tucking a handkerchief into his <gasps> sleeve. And he says... Very well. Let us talk. What do you want out of life, Daniel? As you know, I wish to pers- a post of professor at university and hopefully find a partner to share my life with, ideally achieve some standing myself. Noble goals. You know the reason I took you on as a protege is that you do very much remind me of who I was before I became who I am. I do not wish for you to necessarily make the same choices that I made in life, but I believe that there are some steps I have taken in my pursuit of this position that could well be reflected in you. You have great promise and great potential. You're intelligent, you're sharp, you can see things well. That you overheard us this evening is only proof of your ability to maneuver through these circles as well as your own. Time is something that never ceases, and it can take away so many things from each of us. Opportunities, loves, and so much else. Daniel's just kind of like starting to get the sense this is not entirely about me at this point. It's just kind of like <laughs> listening and nodding. And it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm just going to let you keep. Well, you're not going to interrupt. I think it's time for somebody else to interrupt. I think Uncle James Hawkins is going to arrive on the scene a bit early for his meeting with Caroline, who is still otherwise engaged, I guess, escaping from Isabel with Lizette and perhaps trying to plan their next steps. So he sees the uh, the Baron out on the terrace. He doesn't really know this Daniel person, but yeah, he doesn't really care. So he comes waltzing up, looking a bit off kilter, uh, perhaps, um, and definitely not dressed for the occasion. He has a mask, though. He does have a mask, because <laughs> it was sent to him. Yeah. So uh, Daniel has no idea what this is. I don't know if the Baron, the Baron probably could guess who this is. I think the Baron is very familiar with every member of Carolyn's family. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, 
yes, Baron Vincent. Look at you out here on the terrace while everyone's inside dancing. Surprised you're not inside. Hello, uh, other fellow. Uh, Baron, I don't believe that I have uh, been acquainted with this individual. Oh, Hawkins. You know, James Hawkins. Ah, I see. I believe that your reputation precedes you, sir. And I think he's going to step back, give the stiffest bow imaginable. It's like, Baron, I thank you for your words, and I hope we will have an opportunity to continue this conversation later. And then he's going to turn on his heel and leave. (laughs) So uh, James is going to turn to the Baron and be like, so I didn't think we'd be having a conversation, but I saw you out here and thought I would come and speak. And What do you want? Wow, very pointed. Uh, no, I, I don't need anything from you right now. Not directly. I'm here to, to meet up with Caroline. We have plans. She sent me the mask. How much? How much? How much do I love my niece? Uh, is that why you're asking if I'm here, or...? How much for you to leave now? Well, my going rate currently is 50 pounds, but that's really a one-time fee. So I'm looking for a bit more if you're looking for something more permanent, but I, you know, I have a lot of uh, people I need to pay back for some things, and, uh, I, you know, I could go away for a while on 500 pounds. The Baron pauses for a moment. 500 pounds is a hefty sum. Well, I mean, you're not just paying me to make my glorious presence disappear, but I know some information that uh, might be compromising about your dear niece, Caroline. You know, she's the niece to both of us. We both love her so much and would hate for anything negative to get out. I understand she's looking at prospects. Uh, The Baron, his hands tighten on the uh, balcony to the point you can see that his knuckles are turning white. You would, wouldn't you? What? Share what I know? Yes. You would doom her for your own petty ends. Well, not if I'm paid. I see. Does Caroline want to arrive? Has she, like, looked out and seen, like, through the the glass doors to the terrace that he's there? Because he's facing in right now because the Baron is facing out. I think she does. I think she can't quite read how badly things are going yet, but she's gonna come out and try and deal, try and extract James from the conversation with the Baron, hopefully do some damage. You do have the mediator tag. Yeah. So perhaps you're gonna come and try to to at least smooth things over so no one is is engaging in fisticuffs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna gonna go ahead and use that one and I think Caroline comes out and oh, oh, uncles, Uh, both of you, how delightful. Um, Baron, I uh, had just asked Uncle James here to come and meet me before he leaves. Um, we wanted to say goodbye, but he is definitely going back to London. Is that right, Uncle James? You have to get back to Mother. She's been worrying about you. I might be making another arrangement with the Baron oh, here. No, no, no. I don't think that's necessary. And she kind of takes Uncle James by the arm and wa- starts to walk him away. Well, I, I hope that you have a lovely carriage ride back to London and we will see you um maybe never we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so you're pulling him away uh what so the baron is is calling out to caroline he said caroline yes this cannot continue oh i agree completely i agree yes um uncle james is leaving and will not be coming back i think she whispers to uncle james and she goes we had a deal you take this 50 pounds and you leave and you never come back we're talking 500 pounds now you can't beat that I'm going to spend a resolve to get him to leave. Okay, so you're going to compel him to leave? I'm going to compel him to leave. I'm going to, you know, stuff the little, like, envelope of money in his, like, suit pocket and say, you leave now. 
Okay. Well, you've spent resolve token, so uh, he he will leave. But you do get the impression it might not be to go back to London. Yeah. This might not be the end of it. Yeah. And he'll say, "A pleasure speaking with you, Baron." Uh, as as he is ushered out of of the mansion through through the the area with all the dancing. The Baron is watching Carolyn throughout all of this. He strides over once um, once James has left. As I see, I have been too lenient, perhaps too subtle. I may have to take this more in hand than I had intended. Well, oh, uh, Uncle, I, I assure you, it, it won't be an issue. Uh, will not be a problem again, and and we can just forget all about this. This estate that I hold belongs to your family. Your family is most ably represented by you. You are the one member of your family who has any hope of maintaining the decency and respect of this position. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot do it with the help of some raggedy, useless, he can't think of a word that's decorous enough to say in front of a lady, but also fully conveys his disdain. Man, such as Jasper, who doesn't know the meaning of work. You must find a match who is suitable to you, who compliments you, and who will elevate the dignity of this position when I no longer can. I understand, Uncle, and and I'll take this to heart. It was never my intention to ever upset you, and and I hope that you know that I do take this seriously, and, and I do very so much want the family to succeed. It, it's all I think of. Very well. I think the Baron turns to leave and clasps his hands behind his back, and as he does so, he says, I don't want to have to handle another Edward, and strides away. So what are the letters that are going to set up the final scene? I think Daniel has to write a letter to the Baron. He writes to the Baron being like, all right, listen, <laughs> I'm going to be real straightforward. I'm pretty sure that you're going to name Caroline as your heir. That's fine. How about if I marry her, can we make that happen? <laughs> like, well, kind of asking for his blessing. Well, a- asking for his blessing, yeah, I think is a, is a good way to say, like, so would that work out for me? But, like, also being polite and nice. Yeah, so I think it is it, Daniel writes to the Baron asking for his blessing for him to ask for Caroline's hand. Which means we get a seed if the if the Baron agrees. So, uh, would the Baron respond positively to that? I think the Baron is uh, sitting down writing the one of the letters he has to write at the time and his uh, one of his servants comes in and, and hands him the letter on a golden tray that he received from Daniel and you know he slices it open with a different uh, letter opener because he's not dressed as a bear right now so why would he use one? It's a bear claw. Don't be ridiculous. This is his, it's his day-to-day letter opener for regular business. This one looks like Excalibur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slices open the letter and pulls it out and he reads it and he gets that quirk in his mouth again and uh, he sets aside the letter that he had started and takes out the good stationery um, with the you know, the crest on top and everything. He writes out his reply, uh, stating essentially that uh, this seems like an astute course of action for him to take, and uh, it shows great wisdom, and uh, he wishes the two of them the best in their courtship, uh, and that uh, he will be happy to provide whatever support he can uh, in assuring that their match will be a fruitful and long-lasting one. I think that makes sense for the for the Daniel letters. Um, so what what is uh, the Baron writing? The Baron is writing to that to that fixer. Ooh, okay. Yes, and uh, it doesn't show you the top of the letter, the dear part or something, but <laughs> as it scrolls down, you see um, deal with permanent and James Hawkins. <gasps> Deal with permanently can mean a lot of different things. Like, for example, uh, James might find himself in America. <gasps> the colonies. <laughs> what a terrible thing to happen. Or worse, Australia. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? He gets sent off to Australia where he can farm sheep. 
uh, send him with some money. Yeah, I'll, I'll spend my token on that. Okay, so oh, we'll say good. that is going to happen. James will not be heard from or seen again. He got his 50 pounds. I'm sure he gets a little bit of money from the, from the Baron to set him up uh, as a, a sheep farmer in Australia. Yeah. I'm sorry, in New South Wales. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that will be the end of his storyline, in a sense. What a happy ending for him. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, in its own way. Yeah, honestly, he's probably better off. <laughs> yeah, I think this will be good for him. He needs to get away from, you know, the sort of fighting industry he was in. So uh, I will say you'll, you'll get a letter fr- from James much, much later, months later, that is posted from New South Wales talking about, you know, his, how he's establishing himself and, and doing quite well. The Baron puts that into the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> Never to show Caroline. <laughs> I think that's those are great letters for the Baron. So, Caroline, what? What letters are going out with Caroline? I think she's maybe going to write essentially a essentially a, a fond f- farewell type letter to Jasper, um, kind of ca- setting the longer term tone of their relationship that they will be, you know, friends. And it was so nice of him to invite her to this party and kind of cooling any kind of ro- romantic feelings. I will say, I'll, I'll suggest, uh, as Lizette's friend, perhaps you could uh, talk about, you know, her interest. I think she mentions maybe how how well they looked together at the ball and how they complimented each other quite nicely um, and that she hopes to see uh, Jasper and Lizette again in th- soon and kind of talk about them in a pairing. Okay, so uh, are you looking for a particular response from Jasper or? Uh... She's writing it kind of to not get a response, that it's more, it's mostly a thank you note. It's more just a close the chapter you know for, for them because i think she's recognized that this is not a not a match that her uncle is going to approve so best to end it now yeah okay so we'll go into our final novel chapter for some visitations and uh would lizette be calling on jasper or he might be spurred by the letter from caroline though so I will say that maybe uh, Lizette is in her room and Isabel comes flouncing in. Um, she's like, oh, sorry, that gentleman, Jasper, is here to see you. Oh, <laughs> how funny. Really? Yes, he seemed quite out of sorts. I think he was utterly destroying his hat. Uh, sort of twisting it in his hands or something. Oh, that, yes, that sounds like him. Um, and she's going to kind of do the, like, you know, fuss with her clothes and her hair a little bit, like check her reflection. So do you know why he's calling on you? Is something happening, perhaps? She gives you, like, an eyebrow raise. Well, I certainly hope so. And she's just going to, like, wink and then <laughs> flounce back out of the room. But, you know, walk into the parlor like a proper demure young lady. And Jasper immediately stands up. You see he literally is, like, screwing his poor little hat up into, like, a little ball. Like, oh, sorry, uh, uh, Lizette or Lady Blackwood, um, I hope I'm not intruding at an inopportune time. No, of course not. Um, lovely to see you. Yes, um, thank you so much for your help with the party. And I, I enjoyed uh, speaking with you. And, and, and I'm sorry about my, my lack of dancing skills. I, I've been told that I can uh, perhaps receive some lessons uh, to, to improve. Yes, yes, uh, I... I actually could uh, recommend someone who would be uh, most helpful in that regard. Well, I, I do appreciate your, your counsel and, and your kindness. And I, well, uh, to be frank, I, I received a, a letter from your friend Caroline. Oh, uh, she, she spoke of, of you uh, briefly in the, the letter. Um, it was mostly a thank you for the, for the party. Um, and, and she seemed to think that, that, that we were a good match during our, our time at the, the party, of course. 
Oh. I, I, I mean, not to, sorry, I don't mean to be presumptuous or anything. Um, I just, I just really admire your, your, your confidence and, and your skill with navigating social situations. You just seem to have all of these things that I, I don't. And I, I think she's going to like reach out kind of while he's babbling and then put her, her hand on top of his and be like, it's not presumptuous at all. Uh, I, I think that Caroline in, in this, as in a great many things, is exactly correct. I hope that I might uh, c- call upon you further in the future, uh, when it's convenient, of course. I-, I would I would like that very much, and I would love to see more of your estate. So, I think that, that kind of... We'll still get to hear how it goes in the epilogue, but that'll be the end of that scene. So, I think next is it Daniel and uh, Caroline. I assume he's going to call upon her based on the Baron's letter. Yes. Uh, I think he's, like, you know, standing in the parlor, also doing the, like, nervously fussing with his clothes things, but not not as obviously as, like, Lizette was. Uh, yeah, it's much more charming. <laughs> He's able to successfully do the elbow on the mantelpiece thing and look cool. Of course, of course. Oh, uh, Mr. Kinclaith, so good of you to come. How how are you today? Uh, Better now that I am graced with your presence, Miss Hawkins. Uh, I believe I owe you a bit of an apology. I uh, heard some rumors that I fear I may have given too much credence to, and uh, upon further contemplation, I can see that they are baseless and in terms of your character and the parts of your family that truly matter to you. I appreciate the apology, but really, it's, it's unnecessary. There, I will admit there are elements of my familial relations that are less than satisfactory, um, and, I, and I appreciate your willingness to overlook them and, and understand me as I am and not as my family would have me be. I think he will, like, reach out, uh, like, doesn't just take her hand, but is, like, offering his hand to her. Uh, It's just like, um, well, I, if it is not too forward, I hope that perhaps I could also count myself as part of your family. And, yeah, he's just holding his hand out to her. Uh, I think she she takes his hand and she looks down for a moment. Nothing would make bring me greater happiness than to consider us family, and I would be happy to accept you. Aww. Aww. So who calls upon whom? The the Baron versus Grant. Uh, I think the Baron goes to visit the Count. Okay, so let we'll, we'll pick up at, at the Count's estate, which I'm sure is grand, but perhaps a bit more modest. <laughs> Baron Card, welcome. Count Blackwell, thank you for your welcome. I had hoped to continue our conversation. If you feel it's necessary, I I do believe I have said my piece. Um, the Baron nods and steps inside. Um, can this be a couple of days after the previous scenes? Yeah, yeah, we could say this is following the, the impending nuptials and, uh, you know, the perhaps the, the rumor spreading of, of Jasper's attachment to Lizette. Because mm-hmm. Isabel told everybody, uh, I'm sure, because she was eavesdropping the whole time. Yeah. So the Baron goes to stand at the fireplace. Um, I think it's it's maybe evening, so there's a fire going. Um, you know, the flickering light is uh, playing over his features, and he says, "You have heard the news." I have. I I understand that congratulations are in order. You've done a masterful work. I hope you mean that. I have spent many years building and refining Bannockburn and my estate's place in it. I have devoted my life since the passing of Bernard to ensuring that the Card House 
stands tall and remains a pinnacle of the peerage. I have given up many things in that pursuit. And it, it is to your credit, Vincent, that in the end, things work out just as you've planned. I know that I may come down a bit harsh on you at times regarding your methods, but I do know you and I, I do know that you mean well. You mean only the best. I, I, I merely worry that someday these machinations of yours will in some way reflect poorly on you and, and I simply don't want that to be. Baron puts a hand on the mantle and leans uh, on it somewhat and says, with luck, my days of machinations are at an end. It is my sincerest hope that this match will be one that is not only practical and decorous and respectable, but also at the least congenial. If I am correct, if I have chosen well and prepared well, then I should no longer need to focus all of my efforts on these plans having secured what I hope is a future for the House of Card. And and with all this newfound freedom, what, pray tell, will you occupy your time with? The Baron straightens up and turns to face um, the Count. I had thought, perhaps, that you and I could go for a ride? Vincent, I would be delighted. Yay! I think I think it's a very yes! spot to end it. Yeah, so good. Probably about a year, year and a half uh, after um, all of this, and uh, so I, I think that we we see Lizette uh, dressed in much finer clothes, uh, standing in the uh, the parlor of Jasper's country estate, which has now uh, largely been redecorated. Um, there's, you know, the just pretty much like the building is the same, the structure, but like basically visually everything else about the place has changed. <laughs> they did a full renovation. Yeah. I think she is going to be writing a letter to Caroline. Basically just sort of being like, um, you know, I have to thank you again uh, for all of your uh, help in uh, bringing Jasper and I together. Uh, I, I hope that, uh, I, I think this is probably shortly after she and Jasper got married. So it's like, I hope that, you know, married life uh, brings me as much happiness as it's brought you. Um, and, uh, you know, I am I am so glad that our, our friendship has endured. And, you know, I look forward to, to hosting you and Daniel at the estate for dinner next week. Um, she doesn't talk about Jasper a ton <laughs> in this letter. She talks a lot about uh, the, ch- you know, her life, her life, <laughs> and what she's doing, and how you know the the sort of redecorating the estate is going. Um, but she she does mention that uh, Jasper has been, uh, you know getting somewhat better at remembering, you know, think the the townsfolk and, you know, people's names and what their businesses are. Um, has not improved dancing much. Uh, <laughs> she, she's kind of, there's sort of towards the line, it's like, I begin to despair that my feet will ever go unbruised. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, she's like, but he is, uh, you know, very kind and attentive and, you know, she, there, there's clearly some fondness there. There, even if she's much more focused on <laughs> other things in her life. The, the letter concludes basically just again with, you know, I'm so looking forward to seeing you, you and Daniel, and uh, I, I, you know, um, I'm so happy to hear about the, the Baron and the Count, uh, and, uh, you know, s- sincerely, your dear friend, Lizette. Very nice. So I think we'll go to uh, Caroline next. Uh, what, at what point are we going to reflect upon Caroline's experience? Um, so I think that we're going to jump ahead two to three years. Um, she and Daniel are established at the 
Card estate, um, and she's um, brought one of her younger sisters out to the estate to introduce to society. She's using her position to elevate her siblings. Um, Daniel, because now he's of the nobility, teaching is a bit below him, Um, but he sponsors other students going to university, including one of um, Caroline's brothers is now going to be educated, which is very good. Um, And overall, she's, you know, she's resigned to the life of a woman of luxury. And Daniel, of course, is thrilled. Uh, He has a vast library that he spends most of his time in. And Caroline, you know, just does her best to kind of elevate the status of the remaining siblings. And, and she's, you know, set, sends her mother money so that she can live comfortably. Um, just kind of maintain the appearances that the Baron instilled in her. I think maybe they probably have like a, two or three kids by this point, And she's, you know, busy being the mother of the next generation of the peerage. The Baron would be so pleased. All right, so then I guess we will move to the Baron and Grant. Where do we join them? Many years later, um, maybe a decade or two. They're both, uh, you know, in their in their later years. Um, once the line of succession, as it were, was secured and stable enough for uh, the Baron's liking, uh, he named Carolyn his heir, his heir, and then did something that is uh, very rare but does happen, he abdicated his position as the Baron, so that Carolyn would become the Baroness of, uh, of Bannockburn. Only after he had done so did he, uh, essentially a commoner at this point, uh, seek courtship with uh, his, his old flame, Count Grant Blackwell, um, because he wished to ensure that uh, should things go well between them, it would not impact or affect Carolyn's security, the Baroness. One last one last bit of maneuvering uh, from the Baron before, after some years, he and Grant linked their lives together in uh, an elaborate wedding ceremony and uh, lived out their days in the Count's estate. Oh, what a happy Triple ending. Triple wedding. Yes. What a great ending. <laughs> we got the hat trick. Wow. Yeah. This episode was a special feature for International Podcast Month. You can find episodes from a variety of podcasts, blog posts, and more at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Please use the hashtag IPM2019 to comment on this and any other special IPM features this September. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.